What's going on, everybody? It's your boy B Date. Back for another podcast episode. And this one, we're talking Northwest Division, which contains the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hope you all are uh, having a good day. Basketball is back. Without any further ado, let's get into this episode. So firstly, in this division, it feels only right that we talk about the Utah Jazz. Uh, number one seed in uh, the Western Conference and the best record in all of basketball last season. This team, however, had a very, very underwhelming finish to their year, um, given the context of how good they were all regular season. They lost in the second round to a Kawhi-less Clippers team in six games, uh, with games five and six being just an absolute choke job, uh, game six in particular. Uh, they let Terrence Mann score 39 points. They didn't have a proper scheme to try and cover up uh, Rudy Gobert's, I guess, lack of lateral movement on the perimeter. And then they didn't allow Rudy Gobert to punish this all-smalls lineup of the Los Angeles Clippers, and it ultimately led to their downfall. So what did they do this year? Uh, Oh, one last note. They were third in defense last year, fourth in offense. Uh, Very, very good team. That's how you become the number one seed. Uh, In terms of record overall last season, it's being top five in in two different categories. So... This year, it I can see the clear direction of they're trying to load up on guys who could potentially play small ball center for them, um, including Rudy Gay, Eric Paschal, both of those guys. You know, if if things get very dire, can um, play small ball five. But um, in my opinion, that's not the way. They also uh, drafted Jerry Butler, who I really liked out of Baylor. In my opinion, though, that's not the way to do it because uh, no matter how bad it looked uh, in those Rudy uh, scenarios sometimes in the playoffs, their best lineups are obviously still with Rudy Gobert. Um, being the pick-and-roll guy who attracts so much gravity going when he rolls down the middle of the paint, the guy who can be a great weak side blocker of shots and um, protecting the rim and things like that. But, you know, when you go small, typically, in the NBA and you take your center off the floor, you have to have a good enough, you know, wing player or guard or wherever you feel like you need to replace him uh, for that lineup to still be viable, right? So take, for example, the Lakers, right? We have a lot of lineups where we'll play AD and Dwight this year. There's enough good wing players to where if we slide AD down a position to the center and LeBron to the power forward, I feel okay with Trevor Ariza um, plugging into the small lineup. I feel okay with, uh, you know, a a Malik Monk if we want to go super small. I feel okay with those type of dudes. I don't feel okay enough with Rudy Gay and Eric Paschal, uh, given the context of the other players on this roster. So when I look at Donovan Mitchell, amazing offensive player, amazing uh, closer to games, six foot three shooting guard, you know who who isn't the best defender. Mike Conley, 
heady veteran, great shooter, has floaters with either hands. Not the guy I want defending on the perimeter when I don't have Rudy Gobert in the game because, you know, those guys can be beaten in physical uh, battles. And, and Rudy Gobert is the guy to kind of negate all those disadvantages, you know. So in my opinion, even though I like the direction of like, hey, we have to try and do something different, I just don't think the talent is good enough with those guys they brought in uh, to to revert to that lineup. But hey, Jazz fans, you can push right back at me and say, well, you guys get on us for not changing anything. So this is us trying to change something. And I hear that wholeheartedly. And I guess we'll have to see. Um, but in my opinion, this team is at the the stage where they almost remind me of like Giannis, but as a whole team, where it's just like last year, we didn't think Giannis could prove anything to us in the regular season. Like no matter what he did, he could average 35, he could average 15 rebounds, he could shoot 35% from three, and we just wouldn't care because we're like show us in the playoffs show us milwaukee and they did and now they get a benefit of the doubt that we wouldn't have gave them last season the same thing i think applies to this utah team um as a as a collective team right i think no matter how good they are in the regular season again this year people just aren't going to care and ultimately it's going to have to be a playoff kind of thing um, so I do project them to finish in the top five, top four of the Western Conference. If you had to um, say where in that top four, I would say it wouldn't shock me if they finished first again or second, just off of continuity uh, with their big, big core pieces. Um, but ultimately, man, I just until I see it, I'm not going to fall for the same gimmick of their regular season success because they just they haven't shown anything in the playoffs that would suggest. This team has a real chance to win the title. So that's might be a little unfair, but that's where I sit, man. I, I feel like this is another second round. If things go right, Western Conference Finals team. But I, I honestly think this is a second round exit again because I just don't see enough. Like I, I, I would pick Dallas to beat them in a series. I would pick Denver if you, Murray comes back uh, to beat them. I'd pick the Lakers. I'd pick the Suns. That's four teams. So realistically, if they have an underwhelming regular season and have to play one of those four teams, I could see them losing in the first round. Like, And that's not even a knock. It's just where I'm at with this team and their playoff potential. The next team I have on my list is the Denver Nuggets. And, man, this team was really rolling until Jamal Murray got hurt last season. Sixth in offense, 11th in defense. Nikola Jokic MVP season. That's... That That's pretty tough, man. And like I said, this team was looking like they were going to get to the finals when I saw Murray out there with Porter Jr. and Gordon and Jokic. Those, that four-man lineup and whoever the fifth person was killed teams last season when they played together. Now, they only played together a few games before Murray, uh, unfortunately, tore his ACL. But if he is able to come back at a reasonable timetable um, – this at the end of the season, man. This team's playoff potential is very dangerous. Uh, as far as what they'll do without him, they re up Michael Porter Jr. to an extension. Uh, drafted Bones Highland, who a lot of people will get to know this year. Uh, added Jeff Green from the Nets, who um, who will 
eat some innings in the regular season can actually provide some variance to their postseason attack as well. If Gordon ever struggles, you can plug Jeff Green in there, and I don't think you take a lot off the table um, on either side of the ball. Um, I I really I really think Jokic. He's in this echelon of guys offensively, like your Hardens, your Durants, your Lucas, your LeBrons, where there's just a certain floor when you have those type of offensive initiators and creators to where you won't be below a certain level. And so long as he stays fit and can play a lot of the games this season, there's no reason in my mind why this isn't a top four, top five team. I see no scenario unless Jokic gets hurt that these guys are in the playing game. Um, I think they're safe in the playoffs, uh, top six seed. Um, if you ask me, I'd say top five or top four. Uh, I think we might see another step from Michael Porter Jr. this year. He was very good last season. Um, and like this is another questionable if he can stay healthy, but if he can... Uh, expect another leap from him, man, because he's just a knockdown shooter and just a great shot creator in general. Um, as far as my projections for them, it's tough for me to tell, but my biggest question is do they have enough shot creation outside of uh, uh, the Joker while Murray's out? Because that's while he can do it and has shown he's able to carry the load for quite a bit, it, it is still quite of a heavy load to carry all season long. You understand what I'm saying? So that's something to look forward to as a Nuggets fan. Um, I think the defense this year will take a, a half step up from maybe 11th to maybe 8th or 9th. Um, just in the sense of Gordon baked in for a full year, having a training camp to learn some tendencies and some scheme. Um, Jeff Green has turned himself into a above average defender in recent years as a role player. And just... Really and truly, as great as Jamal Murray was offensively, uh, Monty Morris, Austin Rivers, those guys are defensive upgrades. Um, so I think the defense you could see take a step up this season. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see them. And if Murray comes back, hopefully he does. I love watching that guy play. Um, their postseason potential, like I say, is really, really dangerous. And I think they could be um, one of those dark horse contenders to win it all. Next up is the Portland Trailblazers. There was a lot of hyper and media around this team, obviously, for the Dame Lillard stuff that was going on. Did he request a trade? Did he not? Did he ask out? Did he not? Oh, I did. I didn't, but if I did, here are my teams. Like, it's a little strange. Um, but to me, it seems like he's a little bit more content than the media is trying to let on. Um, he he, he kind of is in that... Bradley Beal ilk where it's like, look, man, if you guys say I need to trade and I need to go win somewhere, I'm not going to say I don't, but I'm not going to come out and say it either. I'm loved in my city. The team is always good enough to make the playoffs, not good enough to be taken seriously. And um, to me, that's where Portland is, man. They're just kind of in this in this um, stagnation in the Western Conference of like, teetering on the line between play-in game and six seed, five seed kind of area. Um, so long as they have Dame and CJ, they they have a competent offense. And it showed last year. Uh, they were second last year in offense, but god-awful, 29th in defense. And 
They lost in the first round last year, six games to the Nuggets. Uh, Dame had some historic performances um, in that series. And I think there was one he dropped 55 and the team still lost. And it kind of felt like this might just be who the Blazers are. If Dame doesn't go nuclear or CJ doesn't match his energy and they put up 60 combined, it just feels hard for them to win games. And when I look at the roster this year, the continuity, you know, and things like that, I, I, I have to give some credence to. As long as you have Nurk, CJ, Powell, and Dame, you're going to score a lot of points. And you're going to facilitate easy shots for others. Um, they added guys like Larry Nance Jr. who can kind of fit some of the the middle guy stuff. Some of the things that Dame and CJ aren't good, like good at doing in terms of defending wings. In terms of playing really good defense and things like that. Um, he can just kind of be the glue guy that Aaron Gordon was for that Nuggets team fully healthy. Uh, they added Dennis Smith Jr., took a flyer on him, think it's a good talent play. Um, Tony Snell shot 50-50-100 shooting splits last year. So, hey, let, like, why not bring a guy like that in? Uh, Tony Snell's also always been a pretty solid defender. Not great, but better than some of the wings Portland had last year. And then they drafted Greg Brown, the third out of Texas. Only guys of note I saw that they lost were Carmelo and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, like I said, they're in this kind of treadmill of bouncing between fifth and seventh or eighth every year. A lot of teams would die for that, including the next two that I'll talk about uh, in this division. So it's not necessarily a knock. It's just tough when you're in that kind of state as a team when you have a top 10 player in the league on your team. That's kind of the difference, in my opinion, that that, that makes it um, a little bit more glaring. And uh, style of play, you're going to see a lot of offensive creativity uh, from that staff. Chauncey Billups is the new head coach there. Forgot to mention that. Um, But you'll see a lot more creativity and uh, nuance to uh, some of the things they do offensively. Uh, I know a lot of Blazers fans, as good as Terry Stotts was offensively, there was a lot of complaints of him being a little bit too predictable, especially when it came late down the stretch. There was a lot of complaints of, man, as great as Dame is, we'd love to see him get some easier looks by play design, you know? And and I think that's a fair criticism. And I think if someone can kind of diagram those things better and get them to buy in a little bit more to... Uh, a closer um a closer close being closer on the spectrum to free free flowing uh egalitarian kind of offense rather than just dame or just cj i think it'd be chauncey billups man he garners a lot of respect around the league he's won at the highest level he's he's a finals mvp for christ's sake so i think i think we'll see um a little bit more buy-in defensively as well. Um, ultimately, I think these guys are who they are. A top six team, in my opinion, like guaranteed. I don't think they'll be in the play-in this year. Um, now, if you told me they were sixth, wouldn't shock me. Um, but realistically, I think they're safe of the play-in. 
And um, I think, man, if they can get that 29th in defense to just like 22nd, 23rd, and then maybe if the offense goes from 2nd to 4th or 5th, then I think I feel very strongly about my prediction um, of them being a top six Western Conference team. All right, the next team here is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Last year, they missed the playoffs, playing tournament all together. Um, they hired a new coach midseason, and one of their biggest additions will be that they have him for the full year. That is Chris Finch, who got this team playing some decent basketball um, when he got hired. And they, there just seemed to be a lot more of a collective buy-in. Uh, you had a guy like David Vanterpool uh, on their coaching staff, who's uh, Damian Lillard has vouched for to be a head coach in this league. If you can get him um, as your as your lead assistant, that's very good. I also think that uh, you know a, a year of Cat Delo Edwards. If we can see quite a bit of that this year, where we can actually know if it works or not, they made the D'Lo trade a uh, a couple seasons ago, and like we just really haven't seen a lot of him and Cat on the court together. Um, you know, some of those for personal reasons, obviously. Um, some of those for just injuries. If we can see it this year, man, I, I think it'll bode well for the team. And Anthony Edwards has got that joy and that just youthful exuberance to his game that uh, I think is infectious amongst some of the guys who are who are vying uh, to make a name in this league. You know, your your Jade McDaniels or is it Jalen? Whichever McDaniels they have, um, your Josh Kogies. Uh, you bring in a guy like Patrick Beverly who can, for all his faults and all the times, you know. We get on him and Pat Bev trick y'all. He's a guy who can instill some winning culture. Um, And I think, honestly, Patrick Beverly does best with these type of teams, teams who have decent talent but don't have much expectation on them. Um, You look at those, the Clipper team that was the eight seed and pushed that Golden State team to six games. Um, uh, Patrick Beverly had his hand in a lot of – what made that team really good. And I think there's something to that where he's not looked at to be starting point guard on a championship contender. He's looked at to be, hey, man, can you come in here and teach these guys who don't know how to win in the league some of the habits it takes? I think it's actually a positive that they have him on the roster. Um, some of my questions, they also had Torian Prince. Some of my questions with this team is, how willing are they to defend, um, especially Edwards and D'Lo? Because if that's going to be your starting backcourt, you're in the Western Conference where you get no nights off in the backcourt. I've talked about in this division alone, McCollum and Dame, Conley and Mitchell. Um, the last team I'll talk about OKC, they have Shea, um, you know. Even uh, if Jamal doesn't come back, Austin Rivers and Monty Morris, those are tough guys to to defend, especially in the context of when Jokic has it and you have to go chase people off the ball all night. So are you guys willing to defend um, at a decent enough level to where you don't have to score 125 a night? You know, Because I think this team does have a lot of talent on its roster. Cat, number one pick. D'Lo, number two pick. Um... Anthony Edwards, number one pick. 
You know, there there's a lot of talent here. And to me, I think this is a year they take a step in the right direction. Momentum seems to be going right. I know they fired their GM like literally right right before the season starts and that was kind of weird, but in terms of the on the court product, the momentum seemed to be heading in the right direction at the end of last season. And I think it's something they can build on going into this year. Ultimately, I think they make the play in tournament this year, which might not sound like a lot to to uh, you know, a a a person who's a fan of a a team like Denver or Utah, but that's a big step up for this Timberwolves franchise. Um and ultimately I think if things break right, they can be like an eight seed heading into that tournament where they only have to win one game uh to make the playoffs. So ultimately, man, I think this is a better season for Minnesota than in years past. Uh you're able to satisfy Cat enough to where he can taste what it's like to play a high leverage game again. Um, you know, and and ultimately that's all you want to do if you're the Timberwolves, is keep your franchise guy happy. Um Keep your two franchise guys happy, I guess you want to say, and see what you have uh, surrounding surrounding those guys, what can stay, what sticks, and what can be used as trade assets. And then finally, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't want to spend too long on these guys. They tried to tank the season last year, tank successful. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get like a top four pick from the Rockets or anything, or a top, a top five um, pick from themselves. Uh, but they were able to get Josh Giddy with their first pick. Um, they also drafted Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, J- James uh, Robinson, Earl Earl Robinson, whatever it is. Just a lot of youth here on this team. You got Poku, obviously, for the memes. Uh, but no, honestly, he's a decent player. I, I just, man, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not going to watch a lot of these guys. I love Shea. And I think that's going to be the general style of the team as you play through Shea. Um, and you let you, you let Shea get you a couple wins that you didn't deserve or you didn't think you could get. Because honestly, last year when he was playing, they weren't an awful team. Like they ended up finishing, you know, they, they were, weren't good, but they weren't worst in the league worst in the West type of team either when he was playing. And that speaks to the the talent that he is. They did a great job, obviously, making the smart choice of re-upping him um, on that extension. And, man, you know, sometimes all you're looking for is is a seed um, that can take this thing forward. You guys have picks until the cows come home. Um, but, but maybe, you know, you can't keep all those picks anyway. Maybe you draft, you, you trade a couple of those guys in for the next disgruntled superstar, um, who's under a decent contract. The name that comes to mind now is Ben Simmons, but he might storm out of your practice. Um, but, but a guy like that who, who, who is under a deal for quite a bit of time is fairly young, who fits with Shea's timeline. It is is obviously the the move you want to try and make, um, and that doesn't sound great for Thunder fans, you know, to watch a couple more years of just not very good basketball. But um, it is a long term play. Sam Presti is playing here, and um, you just got to trust that he will make the right picks when they come. You got to hope the picks that he has already made turn into something, 
And, um, yeah, man, I don't have too much to say on this team except be patient. Brighter days should be coming with the assets you've accumulated. And hopefully for Thunder fans, you guys will be able to see good basketball um, here soon.